Open your Bibles with me to the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. We're in a season of empowerment. Remember, at the beginning of this year, the Lord gave us, as a body, as a church, sorry, not Isaiah 54, Isaiah 50, verse 4. big difference. Remember at the, at the beginning of this year, the Lord gave us Isaiah chapter 60, verse 22. Somebody tell me what it says. Nope. That's verse one, verse 22. Nope. The least among you shall become a thousand. The the least among you shall become a thousand. The smallest a mighty nation. The least among you shall become a thousand. The smallest a mighty nation. It's time for you to arise and shine. It's time for you to arise and shine. It's It's time for you to take your place. The Lord said to me that the last season was a season of submission. And you got that down now. This is a season of empowerment. Submission was the foundation, but not the destination. Submission is the foundation, but not the destination. We taught on submission because it's a necessary foundation, but it's not the destination. It's the foundation. And so now it's time for you to be empowered, for you to rise and shine. For your light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Isaiah chapter 50 verse 4. The prophet says, the Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The NIV says, surely the Lord has given me an instructed tongue that I might know how to speak a word in season. Did I just read it out of the NIV? No, in in KJV. The sovereign Lord. What does it say in the NIV? The sovereign Lord has given me a well-instructed tongue to know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning, wakens my ear to listen like one being instructed. The prophet says, let me tell you something. God wakes me up every morning and he awakens not just my body, but my ear. This is the thing. Most believers in Jesus Christ, their bodies wake up every morning, but their ears remain asleep. Because most believers in Jesus Christ can go a whole day and never hear God say anything to them. Your ear, now if I went a whole day and never heard anybody speak to me, you would tell me to go to the doctor and get my ears checked. Listen, if you go a whole day and God doesn't say anything to you, you need to get your ears checked. It's not that God's not speaking, it's that your ear is asleep. Now remember he said, my ear is not heavy that it cannot hear. But the same can't be said of us. And so the Lord gave me a new instruction in this season. He said, Benjamin, every time you wake up in the morning, I want you to start with this verse. The Lord has given me an instructed tongue that I might know the word that sustains the weary. He wakens me morning by morning awakens my ear to listen 
like one being being instructed. I woke up this morning. I asked the Lord to start waking me up early. I asked the Lord to start waking me up at 5 a.m. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is the best alarm clock that you can have? And do you know he's been waking me up at 5 a.m.? And it's wonderful. I lay there in bed. I laid there this morning and I just meditated for an hour. And then I got up at 6 and got out my iPad and I went straight to this verse. And I began to meditate and pray. And I began to say, Lord, thank you that you've given me an instructed tongue that I might speak a word in due season to him who is weary. Lord, thank you that today if I meet somebody weary, I've got a word that's going to sustain them. Thank you, God, that you've woken me up this morning. You've wakened me today and you've wakened my ear to listen. Thank you that my ear is awake. It's not heavy that I cannot hear. I can hear. And you've given me an instructed tongue. So today I'm going to walk in confidence that when I meet the weary, I've got the word that sustains them. And I know how to speak it in due season. I know how to speak it in due season. Thank you, God, that you put authority in my mouth so that it doesn't matter what situation anyone I meet is facing today. I've got a word that can shift it. I've got a word in my mouth that can shift the hearts of the broken, that can lift the burdens of, the, of, the, of, the, of those who are burdened. I've got a word in my mouth that can lift people out of the pit and set them on a mountaintop. I know it. God said, I want you to begin to declare it. See, this is the thing. God does not want you to wake up and pray for this. He wants you to wake up and speak it the way Isaiah did. Isaiah didn't pray for this. Isaiah's not in this passage saying, Lord, please give me an instructed tongue. No, he's declaring it. Surely the Lord has given me an instructed tongue. And he said, he's awakened my ear to listen. He's awake. And see, here's the thing. Knowing that you have the word that sustains the weary, you got to know it by faith. Because what we want God to do is to come to us at 7 a.m. and give us everything we're going to need to know for the day. We want God to come to us ahead of time. And so I'm crying out, Lord, please tell me what I need. If God would tell me ahead of time. Now at at 2 p.m. I've got a a divine appointment set up for you. And a person is going to come in and their life is going to be jacked up in the following five ways. And you're going to unjack their lives. By speaking the following five words. Here's the end. God doesn't do that. He doesn't do that. And so we're constantly, we're walking in fear. And most believers have no confidence that God can use them in any way. What I'm saying to you is that what God gave me to do in the morning is for the house. It's for you. It's not just for me. I want you to begin to wake up every morning and say, God, thank you that you've given me an instructed tongue. Thank you that you've wakened my ear to listen as one being encouraged. Thank you that you've given me the word that can shift the heart of the weary. If someone's broken, if someone's weary and their heart is moving, because oftentimes when we're broken and weary, our heart is moving in the wrong direction. See, the problem is, uh, matter of fact, I'm going to call this message the wrong side of the coal. The wrong side of the coal. Most believers in Jesus Christ live on the wrong side of the coal. In Isaiah chapter 6, he said he had an experience with God. He said, I was in the, he said he was, he was, he was in the year King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord. He was in the temple worshiping. And suddenly the, the hand built, the, the temple made with hands disappeared. And he was in the temple in heaven. He said, I saw the Lord. I saw Yahweh. High and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphs. The word literally means burning. 
These were angels of fire. Each had six wings. With two, they covered their faces. With two, they covered their feet. With two, they flew. One cried out to another, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. The whole earth is filled with His glory. The posts of the temple shook at the voice of Him who spoke. And the temple was filled with smoke. And what did Isaiah say? Woe is me, for I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. Woe is me. Woe is me. And that's where most believers live. In the woe is me. We wake up in the morning and we start praying. And we think we're supposed to start with repentance. We think we're supposed to start with woe is me. And we think it's humility. Humility means that we wake up in the morning and when we pray... We give God a litany of the jacked up aspects of our lives as if he didn't know. God, I confess this and I confess this and I thank you for grace for this and help me with this and help me with that. Do you know that if you start off in the morning praying for where you're jacked up, you'll you'll be there all day? I mean, do you ever get through that? You think you're going to come out of that list? And what happens is most believers in Jesus Christ are completely self-centered, but they think it's humility. Because all you're praying for is yourself. Fix me. Help me. Cleanse me. Free me. Save me. Change me. Help me. It's me. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my mama. Not my daddy. I don't have time to pray for them. Because it's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Not my brother. Not my sister. God forbid that I should waste time praying for my brother and sister. It's me, oh Lord. Standing in the need of prayer. Do you see how ridiculous that is? Isaiah said, woe is me. And then one of the angels, one of the seraphs went down to the altar and it was full of hot coals. And he picked up the tongs from the altar and he grabbed a live coal. It looks hot. And he walked up to the prophet Isaiah. Now, if it was me, I'd be backing up. (laughs) What you going to do with that, bro? And he stretched out and touched his lips with a live coal. And he said, because this has touched your lips... Your sin is cleansed. No more woe is me. No more woe is me. The woe is me is on the other side of the coal. And most believers are living on the woe is me side of the coal. But we're not getting into the instructed tongue side of the coal. The side of the coal where the prophetic call comes. Where God says, whom shall I send? And who will go for us? And and Isaiah rises up and says, here I am, Lord. Send me. You can't say, here I am, send me, when you're living in the woe is me. You got to get to the other side of the coal. To the side of the coal where you're burning with fire. Where that live coal that touches your lips not only purges your sin, but fills your heart with the fire of God. Fills your heart with passion and confidence. Where you're able to rise up and say, Lord, send me. Here I am. Send me. So this is something that Isaiah says from the other side of the woe is me. From the other side of the coal. He says, Surely the Lord has given me an instructed tongue so that I might know the word that sustains the weary. I'm telling you, when that cold touched my lips, my lips were no longer unclean, but now they're clean. Now, when I speak, the word of the Lord comes out. 
Now when I open my mouth, he fills it. Now I walk into a room and I don't even have to think about what I'm going to say because it's going to be given to me in that moment. Why? Because my Father in Heaven ordained it for me to walk in before the world began. Now He's the Spirit of God is in my heart and He's going to speak through my mouth. Now the Word is not far from me, but it's near me. It's in my heart to speak it. It's in my heart to believe it. It's in my mouth to speak it. Now I speak words from the living God. Listen, you got to see yourself differently. You got to see yourself as one of God's spokespersons. You got to wake up in the morning and say, when I speak, it's the word of the living God that's going to come out of my mouth. You got to begin to declare it. You got to wake up and begin to say, Lord, thank you for waking me up this morning. You must have a word for me to speak. That's what Isaiah said. He awakens me morning by morning. Why? Because he's got a word for me to speak. Because there's some weary person in my path that he's going to give me a word in season to strengthen them. Are you hearing me tonight? Now watch this. It gets deeper. Verse 5. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious. And we all stop there because we think he's opened our ear to tell us how to fix something in our life. And he says, I wasn't rebellious. I fixed what the Lord told me to fix. I changed what the Lord. We're afraid of submission because we think that it's all introspective. We think that if I submit to God, he's going to tell me to fix 15 things in myself. How many know that God is not that wrapped up in you? (laughs) His world does not revolve around you. The question is, does your world revolve around you? Listen to this. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. But I gave my back to those who struck me and my cheeks to those who plucked out the beard. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. Now, I had to read that a few times because it felt like the prophet changed channels. It's like, was that a thought from earlier that you had last night? What happened to the instructed tongue and the weird? When you speak a word in season to him who is weary, they're supposed to be strengthened, right? If it's in season, they should receive it and be strengthened, right? But he said, no, the Lord opened my ear. I heard the word that sustained the weary and I spoke it to them. And sometimes they smacked me in the face, pulled out my beard and beat my back. But he said, but I wasn't rebellious. Meaning if I would have shied away from speaking that word because I was afraid they were going to reject me, I would have been rebellious. I wasn't rebellious. I did not shy away from speaking the word of the Lord to somebody who needed it. See, the thing is, encouragement is dangerous stuff. Do you know that there's two basic forms of ministry that you can offer to people? One is empathy and the other is encouragement. Empathy is an imminent reality. Encouragement is a transcendent reality. Follow me. Empathy is an imminent reality. It's a way of being with someone. When you empathize with someone, you take their emotions into yourself as if they're your own. You feel what they're feeling. And Jesus did that. He bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. He stood at the tomb of Lazarus and he wept. That's empathy. It wasn't his own grief. He knew he was going to raise him from the dead in 15 minutes. He wept because they were weeping. He felt pain because they were feeling pain. And empathy is a powerful ministry. 
But it's completely imminent. It's a way of saying, I'm with you. And there are limits to your empathy. There should be. Because when someone is discouraged and you empathize with them, you're just as discouraged as they are. And now you both need help. Jesus never empathized with discouragement. You never see Jesus discouraged. He empathized with pain, but not discouragement. Why? Hurt is a primary emotion. Discouragement is secondary. It's the way you respond to pain. He empathized with the pain, but not the negative responses to it. Follow me. Encouragement is a transcendent reality. When you empathize with someone, you take their emotions into you. When you encourage someone, you put your emotions into them. So if you're going to speak a word in season to someone who's weary, you're going to take what's in you and put it in them. And typically when somebody's weary, they welcome empathy, but they may or may not welcome your encouragement. Matter of fact, you might get persecuted if you start encouraging somebody. You might get rejected. Say, well, why didn't you tell him? Well, I didn't think he was open to hear it from me. You ever said that? Well, I just knew that he wasn't open to hear it from me. Translation, I thought I probably would get rejected and I would much rather not speak a word that might cost me something. Rebellious. Rebellious. He says, the Lord has awakened my ear, but I was not rebellious. I, I didn't rebel against the word of the Lord. I didn't say, I'm not... You know, the Lord has put me in situations to, and he's instructed me to speak words to people that I was terrified to speak to. People that I held in the highest regard that I had put on a pedestal. How many know that even the people that you put on the highest pedestal sometimes need a word of encouragement when they've lost their place? They need some, and don't think anybody's too high and mighty where they don't need an encouragement. You, and don't think you're too lowly. Listen, you can speak a word to anyone God puts in your path. If you run into the president of the United States and he's sitting on the corner discouraged, God is going to put a word in your mouth for the big man of the country. Are you hearing me? I don't care if you don't like his politics. That's not the issue. God will put people in your path that you don't like. And you still got to encourage them. Are you hearing me? He said, I wasn't rebellious. <laughs> I remember one time there was a, when we, when we first started the church, I think it was the second year. Now, when we, when we started this church, I was 27 years old. So I was still wet behind the ears. Now, I, I still am in some ways. I'm 35 now. I'm a little bit older. But at 27 years old, you don't know nothing. <laughs> I had never pastored a church before. I didn't know anything. And uh, what I realized real quick is that I'm real good at ministering to people younger than me. It's real easy. It's real easy. If a young man would come into my house and he'd start crying, I would say, son, <laughs> you know, I, you know, I, come here, come here, son, come here. No, no, be strengthened. I know exactly what to say. But one time a man who was 20 years older than me came and sat on my couch and just broke down and started bawling. And I froze. I just sat there frozen. And my wife goes, pray for him. Pray for him. Come on. Pray. He needs to be ministered to him. And I was like. 
Lord, thank you that you're here. Um, God, whatever he's going through, you know what it is. My wife looked like she wanted to smack the mess. Where did his pastor go? That man came to his pastor's house and sat down on his couch and started crying and said, Pastor, minister to me, but you choked up because you thought the Lord can't give you a word for people who are 20 years older than you. Come on, somebody. There was a, there was a woman in this congregation. She came to me one, uh, one Thursday night at the end of service. She looked so nervous. She said, Pastor, I think I got a word for you. I said, great, let's hear it. And she kind of stumbled through this word. Um, the Lord said that he's going to do. And she stumbled through this word. Do you know that as she stumbled through that word, it came to me like lightning? It was like God stood inside of her and spoke it right through her. And it hit me right in the spirit. I mean, it set me free. And when I recounted that word, I told the congregation on Sunday, I said, somebody came to me Thursday night and gave me this prophetic word. And I spoke it to the congregation and it was clear. And she came to me afterwards. She said, I didn't say that. I said, no, but the Holy Spirit did. The Holy Spirit spoke it through you in a way that was far more clear and lucid than you were able to articulate it. Listen, the God is able to speak through you beyond your powers of articulation. Don't think, well, I'm not articulate enough. I can't weld words the way some people can. I'm not a wordsmith. I don't care if your grammar's all jacked up and you can't put two sentences together. I don't care if you misspell half the words in the dictionary. Revelation has no revelation is not dependent upon grammar. Grammar is man-made rules. Are you hearing them? I'm trying to encourage you today. There's a word in your mouth that sustains the weary. You should leave the house every day looking for the weary to sustain. Watch this. It gets better. Verse 7. For the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint. And I know that I will not be ashamed. He is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let us stand together. Wait a second. Hold on. Listen, do you hear what he's saying? He says, even if they start yanking my beard out and beating my back, I will not be ashamed. I will not turn back because as soon as something goes wrong, you start thinking, oh, I messed that one up. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I did that one time. I spoke over somebody and and he was well beyond my years and well beyond my pay grade and well beyond my experience. And but he was thinking all wrong. And I just felt the Lord telling me, tell him. And he got done with his whole spiel. And I said, you've got to get out of the flesh and get back into the spirit. And he said, what? I said, listen, you just said such and such and such. Do you, could you hear the Holy Spirit saying that? He said, well, no. I said, then you can't be in the spirit saying something that the spirit would never say. You're in the flesh. Now you got to get back into the spirit and you got to begin to think the thoughts of the spirit. You need to get the mind of the spirit and begin to speak as the spirit speaks. You got to learn to walk. And I spoke this word over him and I was terrified in my heart. And you know what? He was offended. He was offended, but I was right. But when he called me back offended, I started thinking, maybe I was wrong. Maybe I was, maybe I shouldn't have said that. 
Maybe I overstepped my bounds. Maybe I overstepped. We're so afraid of overstepping our bounds. Ooh, there's these invisible bounds <laughs> around Devin. And I hope I don't overstep them and I just let her stay in bondage. <laughs> I let her stay in bondage. When I, when I think I've overstepped my bounds, what I've really done is tried to spare myself from possible rejection. It's not her bounds I've overstepped. It's my own bounds. You got to be willing to risk everything to help someone. You got to be willing to risk everything to help someone. You might reject me if I say this to you, but I'm willing to risk it because I love you. And that's the key. I'm saying it because I love you, not because I need to. Not because it makes me feel better to say, see, that's the thing. When There's this compulsion in the body of Christ where people are speaking and saying stuff because they need to say it. I just got to get this off my chest. Well, get it off your chest someplace else. Don't be dumping stuff on people that don't need to hear it. But you, when it's out of love, I know it's exactly what you need to hear. But I might not want to say it. Now it's love. If I want to say it, it might not be love. Well, I'm just going to tell her. Somebody needs to tell her that she just needs to get. No, that ain't love. <laughs> Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? He says, for the Lord will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. You know what happened when I spoke this word to this man? All of a sudden, I came under a sense of disgrace. I had this negative feeling in the pit of my gut every time I thought of him. (laughs) You know what happened? He called me back. He left a message on my phone. He was upset. He was hurt by me. I called him back and tried to talk him through it. And I couldn't, I couldn't get through. He, the, the offense was so thick, I couldn't get through it. I was heavy in my heart for months. Finally, he called me again. He said, can we meet? Can we sit down and talk? And I said, sure. I sat down with him again. He started talking about something totally different. And while he was talking, the word of the Lord welled up in me again. <laughs> you know how scared I was going to that meeting? On the way, I was like, Lord, please don't tell me to say nothing. <laughs> he got to the end of his I said can I say something to you and you could see this look in his face like he was standing his ground <laughs> he said sure go ahead I'll receive it <laughs> and when I spoke the word the Lord gave him his countenance softened and encouragement came and he said yeah that's right yeah that's it that's totally it. And he starts writing stuff down. Tell me more. Tell me more. And I keep going and going. Now I'm flowing. I'm flowing. I'm flowing. I'm flowing. And all of a sudden, it just starts flowing. It just starts gushing forward. He's writing stuff down. Afterwards, he's texting me. And I felt like the Lord gave me an assignment for him. I said, the Lord wants you to do this. Do you know that an hour later, he texted me and said, I've already got the first portion of it down. I'm emailing it to you. Tell me what you think. It completely set him free. The Lord removed The offense between us. Just because someone's offended doesn't mean that you didn't speak the word of the Lord to them. And just because they receive it doesn't mean you did. Mm, Tweet that. He says, for the Lord God will help me. 
when you speak what you know to be the word of the Lord, don't start second guessing yourself. The Lord God will help me. The Lord has given me words. You know, when you're in the spirit, you speak bold, crazy, ridiculous things, and then you go home and freak out. What the heck did I say that for? You ever done that? You ever spoken? You know, the Lord is going to do this in your life. Then you go home. Oh, Lord, he's going to stone me. You need to go home and say, the Lord God will help me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like a flint and I know that I will not be ashamed. He is near who justifies me. Who will contend with me? Let's stand together. We should have that attitude. Who's going to come? Who will contend with me? Bring them. Bring it. Bring it. Let's stand together. Come on. Let's go. You think you can take down my encouragement? Let's stand together. You think you can put me in the pit? Come on. Let's stand together. Nothing is, nothing's going to rob me of this rejoicing of mine. Who is my adversary? Let him come near. Surely the Lord God will help me. Who is he who will condemn me? Indeed, they will all grow old like a garment. Every power of opposition is going to grow old. And here's the thing that's encouraging. Even if I do offend you, that offense is going to grow old. You can hold on to it for as long as you want. The power of my encouragement is going to overcome it. I don't have to be afraid of offending you because even if I do offend you, the power of God's love and the encouragement that he gives me is going to overwhelm it. I'm going to win you back. I'm going to win you back. You can't be mad at me forever. You can try, but it's going to grow old. Somebody Somebody told me about a fight they got into in high school and they ran into that person 15 years later in the store. And that person went, what's up? (laughs) And they said, they turned around and said, we were 13 years old. Come on, let it go. (laughs) Let it go. You know what? You can hold on to it for as long as you want. It's going to grow old. It's going to grow old. But you know what's never going to grow old? That crown of everlasting joy that I'm wearing. Amen. Amen. I want to encourage you today. God has given you an instructed tongue. Use it. Use it. He's given you an instructed tongue. He's empowered you to speak a word in season to him who is weary. Start speaking those words. Believe it. Wake up every morning. The Lord told me, number one, wake up in the morning and declare it. The Lord's given me an instructed tongue. I have the word that sustains the weary. You know what? You can't walk in any fear when you know that you've got the word that sustains the weary. You can't walk in any anxiety when you know I've got the word that sustains the weary. You can't walk in lack of self-confidence. You can't walk around with your head in the sand. How can you have your head in the sand when you got the word that sustains the weary? That word is in your mouth. It's in your heart. The only thing you need is to begin to believe it and begin to declare it and begin to believe it. And you know what? If you step out and it falls to the ground, get up and speak it again. If you speak to somebody and they're not encouraged, find somebody else and speak again. Come back to that person and speak again. I'm saying you're going to learn this ministry of encouragement. It's the most powerful ministry that God gives. The most powerful ministry. Why? Because according to Colossians chapter 2 verse 2, when our hearts are encouraged, we receive the full riches of complete understanding. We begin to know the mystery of God, even Christ, in whom are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And that's what God wants to do is release the treasures of wisdom and knowledge through you. You're powerful. You need to know how powerful you are. You need to know how mighty you are. 
And you need to live on the other side of the coal. Some of you are still on the woe is me side of the coal. Get on the other side. Get on the other side. The, the, the burning coal has touched your lips. He's, his name is the Holy Spirit. He's coming to your life through faith in Jesus Christ. Now get on the other side of the coal. Stop saying I'm unclean and start saying I've been cleansed. Stop saying my garments are stained and start saying my garments have been washed in the blood of the Lamb. Stop saying my robes are filthy and start stop saying my righteousness is as filthy rags and start saying his righteousness is like a garment. He's clothed me in garments of righteousness and in a robe of salvation. Begin to declare that. We've, we've, we've got that filthy rag theology for too long. Yes, our garments were like filthy rags when we were walking in our own righteousness. But we're not walking in our own righteousness anymore. He is my righteousness. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you today. I speak your blessing over this house. I speak strength and encouragement over each and every one. Hallelujah. God, I rejoice because I know that encouragement is going to flow through each and every one that's here tonight. Divine encouragement is going to flow through through your mouth. Each and every one of you, God's given you the word that sustains the weary. You're going to speak it everywhere you go. You're going to speak it everywhere you go. God's going to put people in your path that are in desperate situations. And you're not going to join them in their discouragement anymore. You're not going to flounder as if you don't know what to say or what to do. You're going to rise up in boldness and faith. The righteous are as bold as a lion. And you're going to be bold as a lion. You're going to be bold, not brash, but bold. Not arrogant and proud, but bold and confident. You're going to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. You're going to put on the whole armor of God. You've got the word of the Lord in your mouth. It is a powerful two-edged sword. You are mighty tonight. You are mighty. You are mighty. You just haven't begun to exercise the power that's in you. But you're going to begin to release it even before this week is out. And lives are going to be changed. People are going to be encouraged because of you. People are going to know Jesus better because of you. People are going to come out of the pit because of you. And I don't care how deep your hole is. God's going to use you to lift somebody out of theirs. Your strength comes as you strengthen someone else. Your encouragement comes as you encourage someone else. You're going to do it with great power. With great authority. Ha. Father, I rejoice in you tonight. I rejoice because the word of the Lord never misses its mark. You said it accomplishes what you send it to accomplish. I give you praise and glory for it. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Come on, give God a shout of praise.